and thank you for tuning into the Business and Wealth Show with your host, Matt Catrum. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Business and Wealth Show with your host, Matt Catrum. And today I have a very special guest, very, very special guest, Mr. Emmanuel Asuquo. Now, hey, Emmanuel or Eman, welcome to the Business and Wealth Show. <laughs> hey, Matt, bro. How are you, man? Thank you for having me, man. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. You know, it's most welcome. I mean, thank you for gracing us with your presence here. Now, for those who haven't heard of, shall I call you Eman or Emmanuel? Which what what is it people are saying out there? I'm hearing both. Yeah, I mean, you can call me you can call me Eman. Most people call me Eman. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So you may have seen Eman. Uh, he's been featured on television, newspapers, in the Times, Telegraph, Sunday, um, the Daily Mail. He's been featured on TV programs all around money and helping people with their money situations. Yeah. For people who feel like they don't have money, where they are actually mismanaging their money. People who think they have no savings. So suddenly, huh, every single month I've got some money in the bank account now. Yeah. So we're going to be talking all things money in relation to wealth creation, in relation to your business in relation to yourself, how you are managing money or mismanaging money and why the subject of money is such a, a, a big subject for a lot of people, couples and business owners. So Emmanuel, listen, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get to doing what you are doing now, now influencing and helping thousands of people all over the country? Yeah, so my background is um, one of many people over here in the UK. My parents were born in Nigeria. Um, they came over. I was the first to be born um, in my family in the UK. Um, we grew up on a council estate surrounded by poverty. Um, you know, my parents were doing odd jobs. My dad was stud- my dad was did accounts in Nigeria. When he came, he had to study all over again. Wow. A lot of people go through it. They don't recognise anything that you do before. So uh-huh. he had to study again. Obviously, when he came, the pound and the, and and uh, um, the Nigerian currency was exactly the same. So he had money, he was fine. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I think what happened over time was is that, I don't know, they kind of got into the system and no one really taught them how the system works. So in obviously in Africa, Nigeria, you don't you don't get a mortgage. You just buy the land and build a house. You don't, right. you know what I mean? And so when you right. come over here and no one teaches you about mortgages, no one teaches you about credit cards, credit scores, all of this, the banking system doesn't teach you anything. All of a sudden, you're almost, you're, you're starting from scratch. And where do you go to get that help? And I think one of the things that inspires me today is that I want to be the financial advisor that my parents should have had. Right. My, the advisor that my parents needed. So growing up in poverty, I grew up in a, a place called Limehouse. Um, Limehouse. Limehouse? Yeah, Limehouse, which is in Tower Hamlets, East London. Yeah. And Limehouse has the same postcode as a place called Canary Wolf. And so you can imagine growing up on a council estate in poverty and yet some of the biggest companies, billion-dollar companies in this world, you share the same postal address. And it was just like, I've got to get over there. I don't know how. Mm. I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know how I want to do it, but I've got to get over there. And I always tell people the, the, the story about leaving the lights on in the kitchen. If I, if I left the light on in the kitchen, I used to get in really big trouble. Uh-huh. Big trouble. And obviously, when you are struggling with money, the light being on and nobody being there is a is a clear sign that money is being wasted, which right. is painful because you know what you're going through. You know the hardship that you're going through to get that money and to think it's being wasted, mm. get you upset. But I used to look out the window and see all the buildings in Canary Wharf at the nighttime, the lights are on and everyone had gone home. And I want to tell people, like, one thing I, I realised is, is that I told myself today, 
Don't lose the naivety of a child. Mm. What do you mean by When I looked at those buildings, I saw the light on and naively I said to myself, they must have money because they can leave the lights on. Okay. So I'm going to go and work over there. I didn't, I didn't think to myself, oh, I don't have a CV. I don't have an experience. I don't have, I, none of that existed. All that existed was I'm in a state of poverty. Mm. These lot must have money because they can leave the lights on and I can't. And now I must, my mission is to get over there. So what age would you say you are at when you're looking at these things, trying to make sense of the world, trying to make sense of your condition, trying yeah. to make sense of how other people are living? What, what age were you? 14. Oh, 14. So you remember very well. What, very well. So was there a specific incident that happened at 14? It wasn't 12. It wasn't 13. It was 14. Yeah. What happened? I was 14. So what happened was, is that I, I was coming back from secondary school, um, walking up the stairs. And as I got up the stairs, I saw my mom sitting on the steps. She had slipped. You know, the, if you know the stairs in a council state, very dirty, you know, Hard. Concrete. All of these concrete. She had slipped. She's on the stairs sitting in mess and all of the, the flies everywhere and i'm like what's going on and she couldn't get up because she was in pain i helped her get up i took her home she got changed i saw her the next day she was smiling i said wow. mom why are you smiling after what you went through yesterday and mm. she said to me son i'm smiling because i know i'm going to provide for my family and i said to myself mom you'll never ever regret your investment in me wow and wow. that and, and i clearly and then from there started to look for the opportunity how am i going to make sure i can repay my mom for the investment and that's when i that's when i saw this is how i'm going to do it yeah because <laughs> I, the buildings had always been there right but until i had a why all yes. that was buildings once but... i had my why now i had a vision right you could see it goes from sight to vision we all have sight and we see things as they are but when mm. you have a vision on something you see things beyond what they are and what they could be. And so for me, now I had to live with, forget where I'm at. I'm now working towards where I'm going to, because I know where I'm going. I'm going to that building. I'm going to my... Right. And by, and so yeah. what was the steps to get into that building then? Did you work for a bank or a wealth company? What, what happened? What, what You went through the... I, I, I presume being, Niger, being African parents that you had, just like yeah. me, go to yeah. school, study hard, get good yeah. degrees, make sure you get a good job, right? Yes. So what happened? So what happened was I went to I went to Greenwich University. Oh. I got in there. I only got to, into university because I got unconditional because I played basketball. Um, so they gave oh. me unconditional. I didn't do good at school. Um, and I was at university understanding that everyone's talking about getting grad grad job. And grad job was a two one. I'm like, hmm. I'm not getting a two one. I know. I know. I like. I just like to have too much fun in this place. I'm not listening. I'm not. I'm falling asleep <laughs> in the lectures. I'm not going to get a two one. Wow. So I had a job. I got a job at, at Marks and Spencer's 5 a.m. in the morning. Wow. And I used to go there 5 a.m. in the morning, walk, because I live, because it's in Canary Wolf. So I yeah. used to walk and then get the DLR one, one or two stops. And so I used to do that. And I used that experience to get a job as a cashier in Barclays. So I got a job as a cashier in Barclays. And there I added value. I tell people the most important, forget money. Value is everything. Mm. What happened is, is that I was a cashier, but when I didn't go into the branch, the branch didn't hit their target. Sometimes, you there. When I weren't there. And sometimes what happens is, is we tell ourselves, I'm a cashier, I'm the lowest person in this bank, so I have to do the lowest amount of work. So how did you add value as a cashier then? Because 
it, people really need to understand this because yeah. it's something I live by because it's so, so important. I tell people, add value. It doesn't matter what you're doing, the cleaner yeah. or whatever. So what did you do to add value? So what I did, I added my personality, my, my branch manager, and, and obviously having a mentor helps. So mm. my branch manager, I was a young guy, um, and he he basically told me, you've got great personality. Um, read the pamphlets in the banking hall. So I used to, there used to be back in the day, you know, I used to be pamphlets to say, this yeah, is yeah. a credit card, this is a bank account, this right. is a mortgage. And I used to just walk past them. My, my branch manager said, pick one up and read it on the way to home, read on the way to work and learn, learn, learn this inside out. So I read all the pamphlets, learned them. And then he just said, use your personality, talk to client customers. And then if you spot an opportunity, refer them to, to, the, to, the, to personal bankers. And I used to, I used to get kicked out of my class when I was in school for making everyone laugh. But now you're turning that into money. Now I'm turning it into money. And not only that, pe those times everyone used the bank. People, the queue would be long, 30, 35 people in the queue. And people would wait. They'd say, no, I want to be served by, I want to be, they used to call me Manny those times. I want to be served by Manny. I want Manny to serve me. I, I don't mind the wait. I don't mind if I spend my one hour lunch break I want to be served. I want to be able to speak to this guy. This guy makes me feel better about my life. Right. This guy makes me enjoy this moment. So I don't just want to be served. I want to be served by money. And so and, because and... of that, I did the value, made them feel good. So when I then said, oh, you don't have a credit card. You need to get a credit card. Well, if Manny says get a credit card, I'm going to get a credit card. Because yes, now, now they trusted you, right? Yeah, Manny's my it, friend. Right. It's not even the business now. It's not it's, even... A cashier. This is yeah. someone who is looking after my interest. Exactly. Right. They trust exactly. you, so they're listening to everything you're saying. So every day, the personal bankers used to fight. I want. I want to get the leads for money today. I want. They used to fight each other because they, they know it's coming. They know it's and it's coming. They're coming to sign up. They're not coming. No arguments. No. They're right, coming right. to sign up. If I tell, I used to know. I used. And this is why I say, don't operate in where you're at. Operate in where you want to be. That's so it. I, I used to know all the all the different accounts, like you know, the premier account, the upgrades, all of the I used to know what they are, what you the, the products, what you get with it. Why? Because what, then I can I can give them and tell them all of that. So when they go downstairs to see the personal banker, they're telling them, Yeah, I want this account, did it, I want these benefits, it's gonna cost me XYZ. The personal banker is like so, so it sounds like they know what they're talking they about. know what they're talking about. So the personal banker is like, Well, this is the easiest sign up I've ever got in my life. What who who told you, Manny? And Man. so what I tell people is don't act where you are, act where you're going, act where you want to be. And mm. so because of that, by 22, I became the youngest financial advisor in Barclays in the country. In the country. In the country. As in my all my colleagues were mid-40s, early 50s. And I'm 22. All of them could have been my mum or dad. Wow. Wow. We're, earning, we're, under, we're doing the same job. Amazing. Amazing. And so from Barclays, then you, uh, what happened for you to transition into... There was a TV program I saw you on. Yes. I can't remember the name, but you was there and you were helping these people work out why, you know, their finances, things. Yes. What program was that? Um, so there's a few, but I think there was Save Well, Spend Better. Um, there were Secret Spenders. Um, and then I did the documentary with BBC, um, um, with the BBC as well. So I've done a few, a few TV shows. But what the transition was, was that I kept getting made redundant. Why? Oh, really? Yeah, I kept getting made redundant. Um, I got made redundant three times. I went to different mm. companies and got made redundant. And I realized that, you know, they weren't ready for me. Sometimes we have to understand that you are ahead of your time. Mm. They, they, they like the idea of hiring a young black guy who's got energy and, you know, who's great at speaking and all of that. 
But the reality is they used to middle-aged white men who talk in a certain way and they think that's all their clients will accept. Mm. So the fear of, will my clients actually accept this young guy that doesn't, because what they would try and do is make me speak like them. And it's like, no, now I'm losing my charisma. Now I'm losing what makes me me. Right. So because I refuse to speak like them and act like them, they'll be, they'll be like, well, the clients are not going to relate to you. So and actually by the third time, my, my wife had just had our fourth child. I went, took two weeks off paternity leave, went back, and they made me redundant. They made me redundant. And that made me realise... Oh, it's redundant. They don't care, but they don't care. Well, I'm just a, I'm just a number, right? I'm just, yeah. I'm just a number. And so I had my I'm not going back moment. And I want to let people know, sometimes you will think at your lowest moment, you'll mm-hmm. be in your lowest moment and feel like, I don't deserve this. But actually, your lowest moment is the moment that's freeing you from what from the chains that you're in. When I look back now, employment for me was like slavery. Right. But when I was in employment, I felt I felt amazing because I had this structure and I was getting paid. And but actually, I wasn't able to be myself. I wasn't yeah. able to I wasn't able to move as I wanted to move. I wasn't able to talk as I wanted to. I wasn't even able to see clients that looked like me or spoke like me or came from my background. And actually, what happened was is that I feel God was pushing me to my destiny. There you go. So those redundancies that felt like pain, that felt like struggle, that felt like rejection, were actually God pushing me to where I'm supposed to be. And just the other day, I met a few of the guys that you know I used to work with in that company that 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 recently that that my last company I worked in back in 2019 that mm. made me redundant. And they were like, "Wow, we see you everywhere. You're more, <laughs> you're more, you get more publicity than our firm." There you go. And it's like actually, you don't need to you. What you know your purpose, you know what you're you're born to do. Mm. Because actually, I didn't get benefit. I didn't get. I didn't feel like I was living my purpose, helping rich people get richer. Right, right. And right. now I help the nation. Can yeah. you imagine this same boy from a council estate, from all the poverty and everything that I grew up? When something financial happens in this country, they call me and say, "Manuel, can you come on and explain to the nation what this means, what's yeah. going on, and what they yeah. can do?" Wow. I mean, inspirational story. I'll tell you that. And I want to get into the money side in a moment and the kind of yeah. thing helping people with. But what I'm hearing you say is, look, and I'm hearing the story from school days, uni days. You're not an A-grade student. You even went to uni, didn't get that two one, So you wasn't. you. But all I'm hearing for all your journey is that I will not be boxed in. When I'm boxed in, I can't be myself. And I'm yeah. if, if I'm boxed in, I can't help those people, whether it's the the, the people coming into the bank, whether it's the nation, doesn't. Yeah. So I love that because you're saying live your life, live your life on purpose. What is it you are supposed to be doing? Do that. What's your God-given talent? That's a clue. Live that. Be yourself. Doesn't matter what anyone else thinks because certainly it's worked for you, yes. right? You've turned yeah. your disaster into your mastery. You've turned into the adversity into something really worth noting and notable. Good yeah. job. Good no, job. thank you, thank you, thank you, and and, and it's, yeah. so, it's so important. Absolutely. So tell us about money. Yeah. And especially for a lot of our listeners who are entrepreneurs and business owners, what they need to be considering because I teach people about look, focus on building a business asset that yeah. can create wealth for you in the future. Yeah. But the basics of it is really about money management first of all. So what are some of the essentials for for everyone, even business owners, to make sure they have employed within their money uh, situation? I think think the biggest thing I can ever tell anybody is to know your why. 
Mm. is to know your purpose. Know why you are doing what you're doing. The reason I say that is I meet clients that are very wealthy. Very mm. wealthy. Mm. Well, I mean, some really wealthy people. And you know what? They, they'll they buy a house, for example. Buy, buy a nice six-bed house. They'll go to their friend's house. Their friend has eight beds and <laughs> they hate their house. They'll buy a Ferrari, nice Ferrari. They'll go to their friend's house. Their friend has a Lamborghini and now they want to laugh. Like, if you don't know your, if I know my why, if I know why I'm doing what I'm doing, yeah. then if I know that I want to buy a house, if my friend buys a car, I'm not, I'm happy for him, but I'm not, it's not, it doesn't bother me because that's, that's not my why. That's not what I'm focused on. I'm focused on a house. And so what happens is, is that because we don't, we don't know our why, we allow social media and peer pressure to make mm. us do things that means that we end up squandering our money i have met people who make you know a million pound a month and when you check and i'm and i'm not talking about when i was in the bank you open their account and they are 999 in their overdraft crazy you didn't even know you could get overdraft that big like <laughs> they literally are in over like they, they they can't manage it because it, no matter how much money comes in if you don't have the right mindset and you don't understand how money works and you don't understand your value so forget the value of money. Do you understand your value and your worth? Because a lot of us, what we do with money is that we feel money gives us value. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that you need to know that you're already valuable. And because you're already valuable, money can't make you any more valuable. Right. What it can do is help you enjoy the life that, you, that you've got. And when you understand that concept, then you start to say, well, do I really need to spend money on on these clothes or these train how many times how many times am i going to buy the same trainers in different colors right 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 and for some people people some people place value on that yeah and we realize at the end of the month I, i've got no money to pay my bills yeah. right so it's it's maybe it's the wrong thing to focus on so i heard you say know your purpose and otherwise know your yeah know your values what do you yeah. stand for yeah. what is it really want rather than watching everybody else yeah what else, um, uh, Manny? Because it sounds too simplistic. You know, <laughs> I want to <laughs> have money each month. I want to make a lot more money. Uh, Manny is saying, look, know my, uh, my, my purpose. Okay, yeah. fine. Uh, okay, whatever it is, values. Okay, I'll study that and see what that is. What else do I need to do? The biggest thing I can tell people, delay your gratification. Mm. And people feel like I'm, what I'm saying is, is that not to have fun. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying... If you have a budget, you can budget in the fund that you want to have. You can bu- have money because I always tell people a budget sets you free. People yeah. think a budget limits you, but actually it sets you free because you know that everything else has been taken care of. So this pool of money that you have, you can enjoy it because you know you've paid your bills, you've inv- you've invested, you've saved, you've done all your responsibilities, and now you can enjoy whatever's left and guilt-free. You don't need to think, oh, I'm doing this, but I still need to pay British gas. You don't need to worry about it. But the big thing for me is delaying your gratification because the problem yeah. is if you earn money and use your earned money to live your lifestyle, guess what? You always have to earn money. That's true. And so what happens is now, and this is what I see now, I see people working as hard as they did in their 20s and 30s in their 50s and 60s. And it's not sustainable. It's, it's impossible. It's your body cannot... Your body cannot is not built to be doing that. What you meant to do in your twenties or thirties in your fifties yeah. or sixties. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, when you say about delayed gratification, all the things you said make sense. I remember there was a time years ago I I, I was broke, over a hundred grand in yeah. debt. So you know, and and I was struggling. Things weren't going right, 
And I had to, go, there, was, there was no money. I had to go and learn a lot of this stuff you're saying. Yeah. Lots of books, went on lots of courses, turned my 100 grand debt into multi-millions, right? Yeah. Financially free, started, you know, you know I have all the, the nice trappings, all good. But it's essential people learn from the ground that whatever situation you're in, you can overcome that, you can change that. And the foundation is so important. The yeah. foundation is so important. Why? Because if the foundation's not right, doesn't matter how much money you make or earn, it, you're still going to somehow self-sabotage or jeopardize that situation. Especially like you said, look, one account, you know, over a million each, but 900 grand in debt every single month. How does that happen? Poor man, anything you want to say to that? <laughs> exactly. And so for me, it's just, a, it, for me, it's a case of, when I say delay your gratification, what I'm saying is, is that there's a bit in between. So what happens is, is that, you need to be putting your money, you work hard for your money, put your money in something to make your money work for you. Mm -hmm. So that over time, that will build. Now, this is the big thing, over time. Too many of us think that we can get rich quick. It doesn't work. Doesn't money work. and wealth doesn't work like that. And remember, success leaves clues. So if you look at anybody successful, anybody, I promise you, it is time being successful consistently over time that has allowed them, even sometimes failing consistently over time has right. led to their success but it takes time because yeah. time get, brings experience and also it gives it allows for compounding whatever yeah. you're putting your money into whatever business idea even your business compounds so when we think about compound interest we think about money but actually your business how it started over time all of a sudden now you can afford stuff over time, all of a sudden, the things that you used to do every day, you're not doing them anymore. Somebody else is doing that. You're doing something different. And it compounds and compounds and continues yeah. to grow. It's the same concept. That takes time. And so when we're talking about building wealth and talk, talking about trying to change your situation, in the beginning, yes, you have to do the work. You have to go and get a job or you have to start a business. You have to make that income. But over time, you invest that income now that now that investment now your investments pay for the lifestyle so that like what we're saying in your 50s and 60s you're not working as hard as you were in your 20s and 30s what are, i love that what are some basics that you know i hear what you're saying about purpose why values yeah. budgeting man, money management i hear all of that yeah. if there were three or four things that someone listening now and saying hey uh, I, I, want to, I want to fix my money situation. It's been going on for too long. Yeah. I've been living like this 10 years, 15 years. What are some quick steps? Step number one, step number two, step number three, step number four, in regards to my money, once I understand what my yeah. purpose and values are? The biggest thing is that what you have to understand is leverage. The way money works is that the problem with a lot of us is that we only live, so we only live to the money that we make. Mm. Which limits how the system works. So the system works on leverage. So we all remember the Donald, the Donald Trump quote, my dad gave me a small loan of a million pounds to get <laughs> And today he's a billionaire. So what does that show you? It shows you that money makes money, right? Absolutely. So a lot of us, especially coming from, you know, the ethnic minority community, are, we're looking after our parents. We're mm. not even getting a loan from them. We're giving them money. Mm. So what we have to do and what, what we have to do is say, how do we leverage how do we make the, the the small amount that we're able to make on our own how do we make it go further that's leverage how do you leverage credit so one of the biggest things that we must we must do with with order we must do is look after our credit because mm -hmm. what's happening is is too much time by university well by the time you finish university you've messed your credit up doing buying unnecessary things 
And now you're, you you want to get on a housing ladder. You want to you want to um, start a business, and nobody is going to give you the funds to do so. And as you know, Mark, doing business for so long, business requires money. Oh yeah. So you can start a business on your own, but to to, to scale, that requires investment. That requires money. If you are deemed un- untrustworthy with money because of, that's what your credit score is saying, now you are limiting your growth. This is why in our community we see so many people one people business. You just yeah. you yeah. you are just just you. You got one shop, and that's all you have. And, you, and I'm like, well, let's think about it. If you can make it work once, why can't you make it work twice? Why can't yeah. you make it work four times five? Why can't you franchise? Yeah. Why do Why do we spend so much time in McDonald's and never think? Why don't I own a McDonald's? There you go. Why do our kids get, I live, where I live right now, when we drive home, I see a queue of black kids outside the chicken shop. The chicken shop ain't owned by us, but it's feeding our kids. Why are we happy with this? Why Mm. do we accept this? And Mm. so for me, when I think about, I think about leverage is one, your credit will allow you to leverage. Then it's about now, now that you're able to leverage, it's now about, um, it's now about how do I start to invest? For Mm. me, there are three main ways to invest. You've got stocks and shares, whether that be your ISA, pension, or individual shares. Mm-hmm. You've got property, whether that be rent to rent, owning the property, buy and flip, whatever, property. And you've got business. Right. The problem is, is that for most of us, we chase vanity. Right. In the UK, we chase vanity. What is vanity? Property. Property mm. is vanity. Why do we like property so much? Because you can show somebody a picture of your house. Mm. You can take a picture of keys outside the house. That's why we love property so much. You can walk people through. You can show them the before. You can't do that with your stock portfolio. You, no. you can't show your share certificates. It doesn't It doesn't work like that. Do you know what I mean? But the reality is, is that, especially in, in our community, what we need to be doing is business. When I look at my American colleagues, the reason that there are more millionaires and billionaires and wealth in America is because the f- first port of call is business. Yeah. The first port of call is business. Property, cars, all of the other stuff comes afterwards. The yeah. first call of call is business because business is the most likely way for you to be able to change your life. And when we start to realize that, and you start to, is that like we talk about side hustles? If I know that the average millionaire has seven streams of income, I'm not saying you've got to be a millionaire, but you should at least be trying to get free. Mm. So why do we have one? Mm-hmm. We only get paid 12 times a year, 12, yeah. 365. If yeah. you put that on the test, Mark, you know we'll be shipped back to Africa before we, before <laughs> we've even sat down. But that's this it. is how we live. Yeah, that's how most people live. So you said it there, you know, you said it there, uh, leverage, have multiple streams of income. And I'd also say, see if you can get that multiple streams of passive income. So yeah, put some effort in at the beginning. Yeah. Get it working, whether it's a business, like you get, you know, this shop, this shop, this shop. You've yeah. done one and you can get a general manager in there. Do another one, get another general manager. These are passive income. Otherwise, if it's just multiple streams of income, you're going to work your butt off. You're yeah. going to work hard. So do what Emmanuel is saying, which is very much because if you can do that and leverage your money to acquire other assets, yeah. those assets, if they are cash generating, you're going yeah. to be free. Yes. Now you have freedom. Freedom of time, freedom yes. of choice, freedom of whatever you want to do. Yes. But you've got, but it all starts with how you manage that money. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then finally, for me, where I see a lot of people make mistakes is not splitting your business and your personal. So you have to understand that your business is its own entity and it's taxed in its own way. 
So mm-hmm. for me, when, I, when we sit down with clients, I let you, your business is has its own wrapper, especially if you have a limited company. If you're a sole trader, it's different. But if you have a limited company, you need to understand that it has its own tax rules, it has its own advantages, and it has things that it can do for you that you can't do, and vice versa. So what happens is, is that people get paid and you take your money out. Every time you take money out from your from, from your um, business account to your current account and you don't declare it as income, number one, it's income anyway. Number two, you are stealing. Yeah. People don't realize that they steal from their own business because you, there needs, you need to declare that you're moving from one to the other. But also what happens is, is that now it becomes inefficient. The money that you're making is inefficient because you've taken it out and now it's deemed as income. They're just adding it to whatever income you've got already and taxing it. So yeah. what do you do? You say, oh, I, I hate this tax. Mm. So now you start to reduce. You say, oh, well, actually, Mr. Taxman, I don't make any money for my business. <laughs> and then guess what? Then you want to go and get a mortgage. And they say, well, you have no income because you, you told us you have no income. But you're like, well, I have all, the, all this money here. Why can't I get, why can't I buy a house? Yeah. Well, they say, well, that money doesn't really exist because you're telling <laughs> me you're not making any money. And so we're hurting ourselves. You know what you just said there? People try and play outside of the system. Yeah. Instead of playing in the system to their advantage. Exactly. If you play in the system, there are tax efficient ways that you can utilize. Exactly. If you play outside of the system, you can't use credit because they'll say you don't have sufficient funds. Yeah. Where is the proof? So I love what you're saying. This is very, very important. Hey, go ahead, Manny. I just want to add, let's be wise also. So if you, for example, have a business and it's making money and you have a have a partner and like your wife and your, and your wife doesn't work, for example, mm. why would you not use her allowances and put her on your business? This is not cheating. This is what other community, this is totally legal. And so sometimes the problem is, is that the reason we are making mistakes is because we won't pay for advice. It's yeah. so vital that you understand that the reason wealthy people pay for advice or people with money pay for advice is because they understand I'm an expert in what I do. Correct. So if I'm if I'm an expert in what I do and I expect people to pay me for my expertise, why am I trying to pretend I'm an accountant? Why am I trying to pretend I'm a lawyer? Why am I trying to pretend I'm a financial advisor? No, I'm going to pay people who do this day in and day out to make sure I get the best advice so that the money I work hard for is utilized the best way. And sometimes we're so busy trying to avoid paying fees that we end up taking advice on people that owe us money. I've got people who, who you get advice from? Oh, my mate. Your mate, he owes you a hundred pound. He owes you money, and you're taking financial advice from him. That's a fool's way, really. It's a fool's way. It doesn't work. And and I, I totally agree with you. And getting expert advice yeah. is so so important. Otherwise, it leads to ignorance. And ignorance, I found, is much more expensive than in, in, in yourself and in your knowledge. And a lot of the stuff listening to you on this uh, show here. People need to acquire the knowledge and they need to study and understand if they want to change their situation, other people have done it before. You know, 90% of all self-made millionaires did it through business. You want to be a millionaire? Start a business, right? Otherwise, don't complain that you don't have enough. So for those who want to get hold of you, Emmanuel, want to start, you know, I know you've got your book that's recently, uh, you've recently published. Tell us a little bit about that. And also how people can get hold of you if they want to do something with you, work with you or whatever. Thank you. So, yeah, I've got a book called um, Get Your Money Right. 
Um, it's basically a guide to help people. It talks all the way from how the financial system works here in the UK, how you can manage it, how you can utilize it, but also how money works in general. And then it goes all the way up from you know people how to deal with debt, how to start investing, how to bank bank account use bank accounts effectively, all the way up to philanthropy or you know investing and so forth. So it's not just for people who haven't got money, but also if you have got money. It's my over 15 years of being a financial advisor, the questions, the lessons I've learned, the things I've helped help clients with, put in a book so that you have a source of where you can get trusted advice and understanding. Um, every chapter has has an example, a story to explain the chapter so you can understand the lessons that are being taught in that chapter to make it as easy and simple as possible. Um, so that's Get Your Money Right. That's available on Amazon um, or you can go on my website if you want to get a signed copy. Now, I've also, I've got a financial advice. What's your website? What's your website before? The, the website is um, www.emmanuelsuko.com. Okay, um, we'll add it to the show notes here. Okay. That. So then also I've got um, a financial advice firm, Belvedere, Belvedere Group, and we help people who have pensions, investments, life insurance, all of that, all of that stuff. If you want to set up trusts, wills, all of these types of things, when, when if you want to really get your estate going and build wealth, uh, we can help you do that. So um, that's Belvedere there, especially people you may have worked in a few jobs and have different pensions out all over the place and not know where they are. We can help you put that all together and manage that for you, but help you build a plan so that you pick when you retire rather than having to wait till, till the state. We're seeing what's happening in, in France right now where they're, they're, they're rioting because they've increased the pension age. So mm -hmm. it's one of those things where you want to be able to retire on your terms. Right, right. You heard it here first. Listen to the Business and Wealth Show with Emmanuel Asuquo. Iman, he is called with Mac Atram here at Business and Wealth Show. Remember to subscribe, like, share, follow. Also, share this with your friends, your colleagues, people who need to hear the voice of Iman here because he's making a lot of sense. These are grounded in age-old tradition that many people will not tell you. You could spend 20 years not knowing this. Get Iman's book because, as he's saying there, there are things that you need to apply to your life and your business, enter your money, enter your wealth. And if you're not, you're probably missing out. Everything builds. Use leverage to build your success when it comes to money. Emmanuel, thank you for being on the Business and Wealth Show. Any last words you want to say before we uh, finalize here? No, I just want to thank you, you, you Matt, for, for setting up the platform. You know, you're a big inspiration to, to a lot of us that are coming up, you know, and seeing that, you know, it always it, that Nelson Mandela, it always seems impossible to it's done. You know, having people like yourself allow allow me to know what's possible, what can be done if I continue to, you know, work hard and continue to go on what I do. So thank you for having me. Thank you for creating the platform and thank you for inspiring us all. You're most welcome. And I, I want to say thank you for your time as well. Keep doing what you're doing and I'll catch up with you very soon. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you.